0: you're listening to the clear creek resources podcast from clear creek community church located in the bay area of houston hey everyone welcome to the clear creek resources podcast i'm ryan Well, in this Christmas season, our sermon series has focused on the mess of Christmas. We've been calling it Chris Mess. And so on this podcast episode, I sit down with Greg Poor and Susan Wesley, who both serve in our care and support ministry, to talk about what does it look like to step into someone else's mess and truly walk with them in a way that helps point them to Jesus. All right, Greg and Susan, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for,
1: Thanks for having <laughs>
0: <laughs> me. <laughs> well, some of my two favorite people, so I'm glad that you're here today. So, uh, we're going to talk about uh, what does it mean to step into the mess of people's lives. Uh, how do we do that well in a way that uh, helps, that is redemptive for people, is redemptive for ourselves. Uh, and so, uh, we've been in a series called uh, Chris Mess as part of our, our Clear Creek Christmas, so a little play on word, Chris Mess. Mm-hmm. And so stepping into mess of people. So that's, uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, so as we begin by talking about uh, relationships and relationships being messy, let's, I guess maybe just begin with the foundation of, of why is that the case? Like why are relationships, why are people messy? Like what are the different dynamics that are at play that, uh, that bring up the, the mess that seems to be inevitable?
1: Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You're an expert. I'm an expert in mess,
2: yes. I, I would, yes, because I am a mess, and um, because we're sinners, so, you know, that's the question, that's the answer that, of course, that first comes to my mind. I think about Paul Tripp's book, Instrument in the Redeemer's Hands, where he says that uh, sinful people respond sinfully when sinned against. So we're just all in the same boat, which is both the good news and the bad news. So yeah.
1: He also says sinful people respond sinfully to being blessed (laughs) because we're sinners. The other thing is I think that, um, you know, people are just really complex. And so every person is walking around with a life of experiences. They've been shaped by the, the family they grew up in, the experiences they had when they were a kid. You're, you're impacted by the body that you live with, you know, whether you're tall, short, heavy, thin, you know, uh, whether you're healthy or you've struggled with some kind of physical thing. Um, We all have this environmental context we live in, you know, that we have things that impact us from just, you know, uh, the culture, uh, social media, you know, the people we work with, whether our bosses mean. And so, and all this stuff is just like this seething mass of influences on us at any point in time, you know, can make life difficult and the way we respond to that. Uh, whether we respond selfishly like sinners do uh, just makes it really complex and so to to wade into that with someone you have to step back and and to remember that uh, it's not people's problems aren't simple because they're not simple Mm -hmm. and so uh, what what may seem simple from the outside which it usually does right uh, is really probably not as simple as we think it is and so you just have to you have to kind of Catch yourself and and be considerate enough to realize that um, people are just really complex. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so I think about all the different influences in somebody's life. Some of those things might be positive influences. Some of those things might be negative, and a lot of it might just be neutral. in and how we respond, we can respond positively or negatively. And there's so it's very complex. And then we're brought into a relationship with with somebody else, and they have their own uh history and background and all those influences in their own life and then even within the how, how two people interact within a relationship there's uh there's varying levels of that relationship which even impacts when we talk about stepping in the mess with somebody else mm-hmm. you're walking with someone in whatever situation that's gonna look different depending on how you know that person, how deep that relationship is. So really the whole conversation, it feels very complex to even know, well, what does it really look like? Like What are the steps to be able to step into somebody's mess? And so maybe, maybe just talk a little bit about um, how, how you personally approach that, how you counsel other people to approach when there's all these variables. It can't be scientific. It can't be like an easy step-by-step in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, well, it's yeah, definitely not that?
1: scientific. I, I think that uh, you know, um, I think you know. This is why Jesus said, you know, don't don't try to take the 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 speck out of your brother's eye before you take the log out of your own eye. Uh, if you take the log out of your own eye first, then you can see clearly. And I think that that phrase "seeing clearly" is really the the work that needs to be done. Is like, can I? Do, can I have the kind of relationship with this person that really enables me to see clearly what's going on with them uh, in light of my own junk mm-hmm. so that I can constructively be a presence with them over a period of time to, to contribute to, you know, what needs to change or, or to the healing that needs to take place or whatever it is. Um, so I think one of the things is, uh, one of the struggles that we face is that we all want to fix people. You know, I can see what's wrong with you, and I'm going to tell you this, and, you know, you should be taken care of this week, and then we should move on. And so we tend to give people what we think they need instead of engaging them well enough to understand where they are in the middle of their problem and meet, meet them there in a way that uh, we can, again, walk with them. And so it's, uh, it's a lot of work um, that I think we, we are reticent to get that involved with people.
0: So what what if we just like even took another step back and and really just ask the question what business is it of ours to even step into somebody's mess like like why why do we f- why should we feel the need or the responsibility or you know whatever to to help somebody get fixed or take yeah. you know to grow in a certain area
2: yep i i think this is part of what it means to be made in the image of God. I think there's something in us that genuine, genuinely really wants to help. That's just part of—especially as a Christian, you know, you see someone, you have empathy, you have uh, compassion for someone's plight, and you want to enter into help. Um, but I think what Greg said is so right. We we tend to want to run in and fix something. We are We're just not patient and slow enough to even— figure out what it is that we can do and um, I think we have to listen and you can't you can't see that that speck without um, a lot of good questions uh, a lot of listening a lot of just quiet you know and we're just not good at that as a culture I'm not good at that I want to run in and fix things I think I can and then then when someone doesn't respond the way I want them to respond and you know it It becomes this. um, It becomes about me, Mm -hmm. and um, which is really not what the Lord wants for us. So,
0: yeah, Yeah.
1: I think uh, when I was a new Christian and I first started reading the Bible, once I you know kind of got over like who Jesus is and what it's like. The thing that still stands out to me that struck me then was that when the gospel comes to root, you know, takes hold of you, and you you really are you want to follow Jesus and you care. Then, the application is very relational. I mean, look at everything Paul's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, bear one another's burdens, love one another, don't argue, forgive one another. You know, admonish the idol, You know, encourage the. You know, be patient with her. It's like it's like there's all this. Following Jesus shows up in the, in our relationships, and so uh, the gospel really should inform. How we treat everyone mm-hmm. and not not just when they have a problem, we see, but you know, and so but it certainly comes to play in that if we care about one another the way we're supposed to um then you you want to you want to weigh it in and um try to help where you can, yeah, the other side of that I would say just to is I think that uh so I think about this a lot, you know I think. Somebody said a long time ago. It was probably Susan, because she says a lot of wise things that I still remember. But the presence is powerful, and I think that uh, if you're going to if you're going to care about someone and you got something going on, the question that you have to have is like, "Am I willing to be present?" Because I would almost say, if you're not willing to be present, then don't say anything. You know, your words are not that are not that powerful. You know. Uh, but if you're willing to be there with someone as as they go through that, um that's when you can think about how do I weigh it in. So I think it's a it's a worthy period of reflection. It's like do I do I care enough? Am I am I the right person? You know, can I engage in this way that I'll be present long enough to make a difference?
0: Hmm. So how would you encourage someone if uh they view their they they tend to be a little more private maybe they don't really want to they have acquaintances they have relationships but you know they they have a guard up around themselves and maybe it's because of some of those things that have happened in their past and and even if you know if they're a follower of Jesus they even view their faith as as a private faith maybe they're not really in christian community maybe you know we yeah. we talk about small group around yeah. here and other forms of community um, how would you encourage someone who just tends to see their life and their faith as a private endeavor.
2: Yeah. Um, gosh, that makes that makes me sad to think about that. Um, you know, I, I realize there's different capacities. You know, not everybody is extroverted and, and needs all the relational um, input. And um, but I think that we were created for a relationship. And I would encourage someone to at least, you know, dip your toe into it on some level. Um, because if you, you may be surprised at how um, that interaction and the, that connectedness relationally impacts your, your world, um, I think we're all prone to want to think that we can do it on our own. And so I would encourage people to at least just step in there a little bit.
1: So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that uh, everybody is private. To some extent, right? We, we all have, even people, you know, even pastors like you have these sin patterns in their life that they would prefer everybody doesn't know about. And so some people that's greater than others, you know what I mean? And so the, the other thing is that and this is one thing we talk about in gospel care a lot, just because someone's sitting in church doesn't mean that the gospel is really taken hold of who they are Mm -hmm. and so we make all these assumptions about people's spiritual maturity and all these things and we want to jump in you know on the 10th floor instead of thinking well this person may only they really may not be much past the basement you know or and so i think you have to not make a bunch of assumptions about that person um and spend you have to spend the time to uh to ask enough questions and hear enough and and just be engaged long enough to where they they can learn to trust you that that's just like they discern over time that this person actually cares about me and who I am and what's going on and they're not just trying to fix me and maybe over time I'll I'll talk to you a little bit more than I will today you know mm-hmm. and so you want know if you talk to Tara Warner some of the the counselors talk to Lindsay I mean they'll tell you they they meet with people for long periods of time and they learn stuff you know years later they're oh see all this time he never told me that because um, it's sometimes it takes people that long and, and the other thing is i think as as people engage and you dialogue people people are complex they, they don't even know what's going on themselves mm-hmm. you know and they 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 all of a sudden have things to to talk about that they couldn't have talked about six months ago or whatever because they didn't even They hadn't come to grips with that in their own minds yet, and so I just again, it's kind of a process. But I do. That's why I say you have to be willing to be present, because I think that presence uh, is what earns earns the the ability to engage someone who you know may not be so comfortable in the beginning. Yeah,
0: I think about you know the. The uh, the encouragement to be in community and have relationships. I mean, y- your point about uh, you- you're blind to your own blindness, and you need someone else. You need other mm-hmm. people around you, whether it's a counselor or friends, you know, yeah. the, or you know, some a spiritual director or someone to help you notice things in your life that you're uh, that you're you know that you're maybe deficient in, you need to grow in, you know, and maybe holding you back in some areas. And um, it's really just interesting to think about, you know. Uh, you don't know what you don't know, yeah. even about your own self, right. and uh, you we need can't people. see people. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, me just like this, yeah. is, this is a part about all this that you know keeps me up at night? Again, it's always it's easy to look around the people in your group and see. Well, that person's got this problem, and they got that problem, and um, to to be willing to spend the time to. To be able to engage that person in that problem in a way that that they are going to respond to it, that they're going to confront it, that God's going to work in them so that they want to do something differently, mm-hmm. is very different than me saying, "Hey, you." The Bible says this, and you need to stop doing that. Th- those are two completely different, you know, things. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's really again, it, it all. It, if you're going to speak, you better do a lot of work in your own heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, to ask all the questions about, am I willing to love this person to be present, to really engage them in that, to help them get to the point where they see, and they want to be different. And they, God is going to, you know, they're going to let God rule that part of their life instead of me just telling them how messed up they are. Yeah. Um, which is what we tend to do. Yeah. All right.
0: So both of y'all have worked in the care and support ministry at Clare Creek for a number of years so you, you've done this with other people um, professionally you've done it also within your small groups and everyone around you I mean like you both of you are just gifted and geared towards this kind of work and so I'll, you know you're, you're on here because we want to learn from you in this one of the things that, that y'all have developed is the gospel care class and uh, you know people go through it and I th- what, it's nine months or so it's like August through May, two semesters two, two, we,
1: we do a fall semester and a spring semester. And it's about uh, eight weeks a semester. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. And I
0: hear I haven't been through it, but I've heard it's really great. So I should go you through need, it. But, you but need that. I know. Well, that's the thing is I'm, I'm here. I just give me the Cliff Notes version. So <laughs> I, I, so I want to help, you know, get, I want to get you to unpack a little bit about uh, how you think about gospel care, because that's really what we're talking about is to mm-hmm. step into the mess with somebody. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, doing your own work with, in your own heart, uh, you know, getting the log out of your own eye. Uh, you mentioned things like trust, building trust with somebody else. Yeah. Um, maybe you can expand those on those things, or what are some other things that you think about whenever you're trying to help care for someone and walk yeah. with them?
1: Well, there's a there's a lot. That's why the class takes. as yeah, long it. So, so the first part of the class really is we try to focus on uh, who we you know just understanding yourself and understanding people. It's like people are complex. We're all sinners. Uh, you've got just as much sin in your life as the person you're talking to. And so it's really just building a perspective about how the gospel, you know, the Lord needs to rule our hearts um, as much as he needs to rule the heart of the person who's having this problem that we think we need to solve. And so really, we just try to engage people in a really kind of a thorough appreciation of of how broken we all are, Mm -hmm. including, you know, including you. So if you start from the perspective that I'm broken in need of God's grace, then I can enter into a conversation with you much differently than if I have forgotten that before mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. So a lot kinda, of humility.
0: Yes. A lot of
1: time yeah. on that because, again, that's, that's the only way we can honestly do it. I tell people, um, I made this up one time, and I, I always say it because I think it's true, that every honest Christian sees a reflection of themselves in the sin of every person they meet. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying attention, you're like, I know, I know what it's like. Yeah. I've at least thought that. Mm-hmm. Or I've done that. I may not have gotten the same consequences from what I've done, but that person's life is really messed up. I did the same thing. I just didn't. So mm. it's just. And if if you can engage someone like that, then you're not looking down your nose at them. Mm-hmm. You're not threatening them. You're willing to explore. You know what's going on. Just in a different in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and that's you know that's the way Jesus entered. in. he asked a lot of questions, and he told stories and he listened to people talk about what was going on and he just explored that. So the first part of the class, that's what we try to do. And the second part, we really just talk about specific struggles that people are going through, anxiety and anger and, uh, you know, marriage struggles and, you know, several things like that. Really just to, to um, grief, just to help kind of give some context to the different ways that our brokenness shows up in those seasons mm-hmm. so that we can again appreciate a little bit more what that's like to be at that person's shoes. Um, so again it's really so that we have softer wiser hearts when when we just are engaging someone that's going through something like that so that's really the heart behind it and hopefully when we're done, you know if you're a navigator, you have a softer heart toward the people in your group and you have a little more uh, perspective on how to ease your way in, or, or you know how to love on somebody, than you did before you started. So hmm. that's a lot, but
2: yeah, it's a lot, yeah. And I think it—it uh, it, you know—it's a long class. It allows people the process of working through all those things you just talked about. I think so often we enter into helping people with this high expectation, both of ourselves and of the person before us. And um, sometimes because we, we deduce it to be all about our ability to help someone, and like Greg said at the beginning, we can't fix people. We weren't created to do that, and so when we walk into that realm of trying to fix someone, it's not going to end well. And so um, the presence, the wise presence, the slow presence is often you know, the best approach to, to wading into someone's mess. Um, And, you know, asking permission to speak into something, asking permission to share something as opposed to just dropping some truth bomb Mm -hmm. on somebody is always helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah. We talk about that a lot of people are like, oh, I told them the truth. (laughs) It's like, well, great. Now you feel better. You didn't (laughs) help them at all, but good for you. You know, it's like, it's not the same thing. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think it's it. It's a helpful class again. I haven't taken it, but what I hear is, it it, it helps people begin with the end in mind. Like if if the end is, I I want, I want to see God shape this person. Like I want to see, you know, this area become an area of growth and strength for them. And so now we're gonna. This is the way my brain works. I know y'all think this way. Like reverse engineer that. Like how how do I get that outcome? Well the, the. it's, it's really to start thing from that person's perspective and how do they receive certain mm-hmm. things? and what are the questions I can ask them that's going to help them unpack some of those things? And it becomes less and less about me and the truth that I you know have to mm-hmm. say or what mm-hmm. you know it's more like then everything is about that person and, and how they're going to best receive the question or yep. the, the truth because the end goal is for is, is for uh, God to move in them for the redemption, right. To happen restoration to happen and yeah. um if we forget that end and it's just about you know me yeah. unloading what i have on my yeah. chest then
1: no that's the know. dude you said it that's yep. exactly what it's See, about. i don't even yeah. take
0: this class yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, you, could, you
1: can come and teach it <laughs> next time it's like uh-huh. no because that is that's that's the goal it's like yeah. you know paul Tripp has a great actually i read this in one of his articles we do in class and i've never forgotten it's like we want to help people live more completely and fully for the glory of christ in the midst of their circumstances and so how can I help that? How can I point that person to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in a transforming way so that they can endure and have faith and find joy and peace and hope no matter what's going on mm-hmm. with them, uh, knowing that f- for many times, I mean, what's going on with them is not going to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's struggling with grief, that situation's that's right. not going to change. You know, and there's a lot of situations like that. So, if the goal is if i if I can think that way, then i 'm not trying to fix something that 's unfixable mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like who's how how can the the gospel take root in your heart so that all those things can be true of you right right where you 're at mm-hmm. and so
2: about twelve years ago, I met this uh, young woman on an airplane, and it 's a story that i won 't go into, but there was uh, she was not a believer, and over a period of a couple of years, you know, I I developed a plan in my head of how we were going to address all of this. And God was so faithful in that whole experience because she's become a Christian, both her and her husband are followers of Christ, earnest followers of Christ. Um, But it did not go like I anticipated. It was not the story that I wrote in my head. And, um, you know, it's much more beautiful and grand than anything I would have ever considered, Um, Mm -hmm. but um, God used that whole experience to write my own mind about some of that, because I walked into that situation with, here's what needs to happen, and God was very patient with me to show me that, no, I've got this. You just do what I tell you to do next, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's
0: hard. I, it I feel like hard. that's I feel like that's that's part of why I'm not a very good counselor for people. It's like it's this this dance that you, the spirit's leading you and you're trying to help be a part of that yeah.
1: and uh so that's yeah. doing it's, a work in both it's, of it's, both yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what Gosh. happens though is that we uh just just observing yeah. and in my own in my cause I do this to people, uh I've tried to learn to not do as much as I used to, but you know, we engage someone, and we we have these these huge expectations to just put some words in Susan's mouth. We have these huge expectations about what, how this is going to turn out, and what this person and we have a timeline in our head, <laughs> right. and you know, and so we put boundaries on my involvement because if I can get all this done, you know, then I can yeah. move on, and and so, so what happens is even as people grow, we don't celebrate it or we don't recognize it because we've got this huge Step in our head, and so mm-hmm. we we give up on people, or we we criticize something that we should be cheering. You know that they're God is changing them, but not they're just they're not here yet, and that's us. That's yeah. not yeah. So we have to. I think one of the things that uh, some of the stuff has helped me with is like we have to learn to recognize and celebrate as people grow. Yes, and um, we we tend to be really bad at that. Yeah, you know? and so that's a. That's a huge, to me, a, that's a huge thing It's like yeah. appreciate that people are changing. I, I, I was, again, I, I always say, I think that um, to see a human being truly repent, mm-hmm. to truly say, I was, I was living this way and I'm going to give that part of my life to the Lordship of Jesus and I'm going to live this way now, that is the most miraculous thing you'll ever witness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's why I get up in the morning. Because when I, when that happens, I'm just like, Lord, that's amazing. And you see those people, and it's the most encouraging thing that ever happened. But it's like you think about it; it's a miracle. It is. That yeah. That God is changing something. You're, you're witnessing that. Was again. But we if you again if we think if we set the goal in our whatever we make up for them and set <laughs> it up here, then we miss all that stuff. Yeah. And so I just think that's that's one of the things that we that we can all grow in. It's, don't do that to
0: people yeah it's a humbling thing to to think about somebody that i don't know you, you maybe you you've written off for one reason or another, mm-hmm. and then you come to find out you know some distance down the road that God did all this work in their life, and you weren't a part of it, and it was because you know yeah. you you sort of thought, oh well, it's not happening you know and, yeah. Oh, you know, they, they, you know, I met with them, I talked to them, but they, you know, they didn't really want to listen to it. And then God put other people yeah. in their life and did it without you. And you're like, oh.
1: So there you are know. so many stories I could talk yeah. about that. Yeah, me <laughs> too. Yeah, like, me uh, too. <laughs> then you just like, I'm a terrible person. Like, because <laughs> it's just like, I don't have faith that God is moving because I'm not there and I'm not seeing it. It's like, well, that's that's pretty arrogant. Yeah. And so,
2: yeah. I think of Jesus' yeah. words, my father is always working. And that's what I tell myself when I'm tempted to give up on somebody It's yeah. like we we live in a spiritual realm that he is doing things, and that's we can't yeah. explain,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think if you've led a small group long enough, you've yes. probably experienced that of like, yes. especially, you know, we, we've talked about that before. You know, you, you, if you were to assess where people are in your small group, sometimes you're like, I don't, I don't know if anyone even wants to be here. Like, no, people aren't doing their reading. Like, they're barely showing up. You <laughs> must
1: have been in my group yeah, this morning. Yeah, yeah,
0: And so, you know, if you do that. But then if you were to, right. I, I think Bruce has talked about mm-hmm. this before. You know, he had a small group and some new couple came in and then everyone in the group went around and talked about how great the group is. And how it's been formative for them, and he's sitting there thinking, Y'all are sitting there thinking, who are these people?' Like, I had had no idea you were enjoying yourself, (laughs) like, could have fooled me. Yeah, so it's God is always working. Oh, God's always working. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and there's just again, there's so much stuff that you don't know, yes, you know, and in the because the gospel changing people it shows up you know it shows up in their kitchen it shows up in then what they say to their spouse or stop saying to their spouse yeah. or the way they you know what they do with their financial resources all these ways that you're never going to see that mm-hmm. and so uh you can't just again you can't assume from what you see or think you don't see that that god isn't working because he does work and he calls people to himself and uh, he's a lot smarter than you are yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, so maybe just we can do like a little bit of a case study, more specific. Uh-huh. Um, so you mentioned in gospel care, you have in the second section, you have different scenarios or situations, struggles that people might have. And then you talk, you know, how how does the gospel show up in each one of those things? Um, maybe just talk about one of those situations or scenarios that you think people really struggle with. So maybe it's grief or maybe it's... You know, I don't know, I'm just naming it off. I don't remember all the ones that you said earlier. And maybe even thinking about like the Christmas holiday season, maybe some things come up around there, um, maybe conflict that somebody else has with a family member. How do you walk with someone in that? Um, so if you were to think about like what, what seems to be a, an emerging issue in people's lives, maybe let's talk about one of those and how you might address that or help someone address that. So either one of you can pick
1: uh well, there's you know uh, there's people around here that can speak to grief a lot better than I can uh but I do feel like that's one of the things that I personally have learned most about the fact that grief is uh, is much more thorough has a much more thorough growing impact on people than I ever understood um and we tend to we tend to be impatient uh with grieving people. We tend to assume there's something wrong with them, uh, you know, because we think that by now their grief should have subsided or grief shows up in ways that we don't understand. That's an implication of it. And so I really think just the, just the work, uh, and again, one of the things I appreciate about gospel care is just doing the work to understand the, the, the range of things that people go through mm-hmm. um, is worth it just it just helps calibrate you when you see someone uh, behaving in a way that doesn't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be over that by now. Or I or I don't understand why that behavior really connects back to the fact that you're grieving. It's just mm. is this helping grow an awareness and, and then appreciate the fact that, you know, all of these holidays, all these markers, we were just talking about somebody um, Like I'm sorry, I can't even remember who we we're having a conversation about a person who's grieving the loss of someone they love, and there's a, a Thanksgiving, Christmas, a birthday, an anniversary, all in a period of like three months, mm-hmm. and every one of those things is a you know is a, a just another point where life is not going to be the same ever again, mm-hmm. and and it's going to show up in a bazillion different ways, and just again just trying to grab on to enough of that from the outside to just be sensitive and not make assumptions and be able to ask better questions of someone is uh again, There's people around here can speak to all that, but that was one for me. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot about.
0: Yeah. We've had some really phenomenal podcasts. I know Susan, yeah. you've been on at least a couple of them. It seems like when we've talked about grief, especially mm-hmm. grief around the holidays and I know we even do a special grief share Session on yeah. uh, the holidays, and so I, I know yeah. that's helpful for people. Yeah, give something that yeah. Add yeah. about grief.
2: Yeah, well, I think, you know, obviously the grief of losing someone is is really a significant grief. But there's also grief of you know we don't consider grief with divorce, but that's a loss. Mm-hmm. There's grief with all kinds of things. I was talking to somebody this last week who's who's not seen his son in years and because due to estranged relationships there's so much grief in all of that but we don't we don't consider how that impacts i think that's one of the most impactful and helpful things that you learn in grief and in the gospel care class about just how all of these things impact us and, and if you consider if you just look at your spouse or your kid or your mom or your one of your siblings or and you just start considering all of the things that have Kind of gone into their life that has made them who they are. You know, I hope that that brings to us all some empathy for one another, and um, instead of making assumptions about behavior and drawing conclusions about ourselves based on that behavior, um, we tend to always we're egocentric people. <laughs> we, you know, everything that you do is about me, and that's not accurate, you know. Mm-hmm. So it just helps if we can kind of look at others with empathy and, you know, consider the grief, the loss that someone has had in the last year. A job or, I mean, there's so many things that we lose in life in a period of a year. And and I think when you get with people in the holidays, especially if you're with family and you haven't seen them in a year, they don't know all of those stories of your year. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting you in a real finite amount of time, but they've not shared your life. But these are people that should love me, and they don't even know how to do that because they haven't been with you. you know? mm-hmm. So it's just very complicated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, one other th- thing, this thing of uh, gospel care that, I, that, again, has been helpful for me personally is you know, I, I had zero understanding, really, of people struggle with anxiety and depression, for instance. And just, uh, and there's a spiritual stigma that we put on people that, uh, you know, well, if you really love Jesus, I mean, how can that, how can you? And so, again, just trying to engage that enough to understand how people get there and how, what it's like for them to, to deal with that. And they're trying to follow Jesus, but they have these struggles. And it's, it's just, it's just uh, again, just to help you slow down. And not enter into something where you've already you're judging people before you even open your mouth. You know, even though you don't realize you are, uh, just again, just the awareness of just the fact that first of all, how many people really do struggle with those things, and how many people like you. The question you asked uh, when we started is like uh, people that don't really want to talk about things. Well, people don't want to talk about that because it's there again. There's a spiritual stigma that we. Mm-hmm. So just just appreciating how to. How to uh, love on somebody in that that goes through that with, without condescending you know what 's going on with them, mm-hmm. so those are the two things probably jump out at me personally yeah
0: I want to follow up a little bit about grief. I think one of the things that people struggle with when they recognize that somebody might have some they 're grieving something, um, whether it 's a recent thing or it 's been a long time and they they know that 's in their life, but they don 't really know what to say. And so what are some things that you think are helpful to say or to ask, and what are some things that are not so helpful to say or ask?
1: Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you, again, you've had some really sharp people talk about that on here before. Yeah. I think that...
0: Uh, well, I've learned from you guys <laughs> it, in talking <laughs> I, about that.
1: I think I learned from... I'll tell you I learned from most of our, my wife, Kay, who... Uh, she, she can roll up and start talking to anybody about anything at any point in time. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's going on, you know. Yeah, I get but, one like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I'm like, you do. What a, I, I mean, it used to amaze me. But, but over the years, it's taught me that people want you to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't want you to act like the person never existed or that problem that they had never existed. Or, you know, they, they, this is part of me. This is what's going on to me. So people want to have that conversation. And so to be able to to uh, yeah, to just open up and start asking questions and you know how what's going on and how's it like or you know however Kay is able to do that, yeah. uh, doesn't come nearly as naturally to me as it does to her. But um, I think that's a that's a huge that's a huge thing.
2: And if you step into something that makes somebody sad or they cry, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, um, and if you step into something a little bit too much, you can always back up and say, I'm sorry that I, that I went there, you know? Um, but it's better to, I think it's better Mm -hmm. to do that than to ignore it and Mm -hmm. avoid it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So do you have any specific questions or things you would say, think about like, even like the holiday um, you know, you know, someone maybe has, they've experienced the, the death of someone they love within the last year, and so this is their first holiday without them. Mm. Um, what can you say or what can you ask towards that person that might communicate that you love them, that you're thinking about them during this time?
2: Oh, wow. Um, I think I might, I don't know. <laughs> I might ask, um, you know, how would your loved one be celebrating Christmas this year if he or she were here. How would your Christmas look different? What is going to be different about this Christmas for you this year? Um, how are you feeling about the holidays? You know, yeah. And you know, some some people say I'm not celebrating. And you know, people need to have the freedom to to kind of be where they are when it comes to grief. And um, we can encourage, but like Greg said, you know, we don't want to stigmatize how someone's feeling about
1: those things in the moment so i'm probably better at uh just sending someone a note or something and just saying hey i'm thinking about you in this season thinking about you know the loss and what's going on and love you and grateful for you and just remembering you in this time because i know that you know everybody's celebrating and this is it's not the same for you Yeah. yeah And so I think people appreciate just knowing that you remember.
0: Yeah. So seeing them. Uh, It's just you know getting back to presence. You Mm -hmm. know, presence doesn't have to just be physical presence. It could just be you know kind of this mindful presence of just sending someone a text and just say, hey, just want to let you know I'm praying for you in this season and um, you know it's going to be different and you know. And really pray for them.
2: Yeah, really. Yeah, you you don't just say (laughs) yeah. So really actually, pray this, actually We've pray. made
1: it through this whole podcast without mentioning prayer, but
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's like, a big deal. Yeah. yeah,
1: you know, really back even back all the way up. You know, we're talking about how you enter into people. Well, spend some time praying before you yes. open your mouth. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like really, it's like Lord, <laughs> help me be honest and loving and what? Yeah, give me, let's calibrate me before I, you know, so. Yep. Right.
0: All right. So I want maybe we end on a little bit of a high note, especially as <laughs> we go into the holiday season. Uh, what's something that you guys are excited about in your own life, maybe your small group, your family, as you enter into this Christmas season?
2: Uh, well, I have two new grandbabies on the way. So this is number eight and number nine. And this is our Christmas with our kids. So I'm very excited about getting to spend. Some extended time with my, my family.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. You can't ask people to have grandkids what they're exactly. looking forward to for yeah. Christmas without. Yeah, I mean, there's
2: only one answer. There, yeah. there is a, uh, you know,
1: I tell people, people said to me for years, oh, I'll just wait till you have grandkids. I was like, yeah, that'll be nice. You know, when it happens, it's like God reaches into you somewhere and flips a switch that you didn't know you had and you just lose your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so true. the, the, the just being a part of this, the sheer excitement and fun and joy and this is such a big deal. It just, it, it's awesome. <laughs> and so, it really is. Uh, it just, Christmas, so everything's exciting and uh, it's just fun to watch them and be a part of it and, and get, to be, get to be part of, you know, blessing them and loving mm-hmm. on them that way. So that's, that's hard to talk.
0: Yeah, Awesome. So, Also appreciate y'all. Like I said, some of my my two favorite people right here. I appreciate all your wisdom and uh, just the way that you have led people. You've cared for people. And uh, I think that all the stuff that you share, it helps me care for people, helps Mm -hmm. others. So thanks for being here today.
1: I appreciate it. You should, before we sign, you should know. Over the years, I've learned so much from Susan that almost every good thing that happens around here, she she started it, uh, influenced it. No, I mean, so... The wise and godly and sweet one of the most compassionate people on the planet. And I could say so, the same uh, thing we're, about Greg. We're Moore, blessed. So. Yeah. And so I've learned so much from her. And so. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Yep, Thank thanks. you.
2: Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel, thanks so much for joining us today.